on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. A lot of what we do when you're working on your business versus in your business is really about people development. And it really is about putting the right people in the right place. And sometimes the right people in the right place means they don't need to be in the place at all. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Chris Cloutier here on the King stage. My brother, how are you? What's going on, Chaz? How are you? You know, uh, we were just talking about me being in Dallas in your backyard, actually. I had no idea. Wish I would have said something because, man, we could have grabbed some lunch, but uh, we're dealing with ragweed and all kinds of other stuff down there, apparently, these days. We are. You know, it's in the top five uh, unfortunate places for people with allergies. So I picked like one of the best, worst places. So in the changes (laughs) of seasons, Chaz, I can't enjoy the spring or the fall. And we only have a week of each in Texas. I was going to say, yeah, just, you know, hotter, (laughs) hot in the nut, you know, Um, hot in the nut. Yep, exactly. Well, Chris, I appreciate you being here, man. What kind of business are you in? I actually own a couple of businesses, Chaz. I own two auto repair shops in the Dallas area, and we fix general auto repair, you name it, drivability engines. We don't do body work, but we do anything repair-wise. And then I own a software company. And most people say, look, Chris, software and auto repair do not go together. That's right. The software is for auto repair shop, which is, which is really neat, right? And we have software in all kinds of auto repair shops in the U.S. and Canada. And what it does is provides a better customer experience. But really what it does is provides better workflow internally for the auto repair shop. So wow. it kind of keeps everybody on the same page. So you can imagine like a digital board. We use these a lot now. Digital workflow boards, Kanban boards, these things to yeah. know where anything is at any given point in time. So a lot of times in an auto repair shop, a car gets lost very quickly because a, a piece of paper and a clipboard with keys go somewhere. Somebody picks it up and takes it somewhere, lays it down, and that car yeah. is lost. So when you call at three o'clock and say, hey, what's going on with my car? They really don't know what's going on, unfortunately. But this <laughs> they scramble to look for your keys. <laughs> they scramble, right? They're going, oh no, let me put you on hold for a minute and I'll go check on that, which they're going uh-huh. to look for the clipboard. This keeps everybody on the same page. So it's a it's a visible workboard that you can see. And then the side effect is if you can stay on top of your workflow, then you can text your customer or you can email your customer updates. So Chaz, you would know when your car was checked in, we were when we're looking at it, when we're working yeah. on it, and you get that text that it's ready for pickup. Also, you get a digital inspection. So instead of us sending some sort of, or showing you some sort of piece of paper or trying to explain something on the phone that makes no sense to you, we are able to send a inspection over your phone so you can see all the videos and images of what's going on with your car. Still don't want, know what you're looking at, but at least you got an idea that it's not good. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. I, well, first off, I think what you've done is incredible. I think that um, it's one of those systems. It's one of the mom and pop variations that still exists. It's the old boys club Yes. Um, that needs an update. And so here you yes. come with a fresh coat of paint and uh, you're updating this world. I, you know, I'm going to take us just totally left field for us a quick second. Cause I sure. have to know your opinion. 
the auto. So me being a franchise owner of edible arrangements, obviously mm-hmm. uh, over the course of 10, almost 11 years of we've owned lots of vehicles and done thousands of deliveries. And, and I'm, we're in shops very similar to yours and the ones that you, you service uh, with your software across the country. And <clears throat> if there is one business that just gets me in the core of who I am, it is the freaking auto repair place. <laughs> and, and so I got to know your opinion on this because I, to this day, I know a lot of people, I network, I provide value. I have a podcast for crying out loud that right. I make no money from like, right. I'm all about relationships and doing the right thing. Yes. I do not know a repair shop that I trust. Yes. How three, is this possible? Three out of four people, Chas. Three out of four people have had a bad experience with an auto repair shop. We rank up there with the IRS. <laughs> and, and I think we're, we're worse than dentist's office. I think like people, when yes. they go, the problem is, is that they call it the money light. When that check engine light pops on, people are like, oh crap, it's just going to cost me money. And I don't yeah. know how much money it's going to cost me. Yeah. So that's awesome. So with this, with this product, Auto Text Me that we created, it, it, the whole idea is to create this transparency in connection with the customer because we can create transparency now. And I'm going to tell you this, there's a lot of really good auto repair shop owners out there. There's a lot of them. The problem is, is I think they get backed in the corner a lot of times. We do make mistakes. In this business, in auto repair, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to put on a wrong part or you're going to misdiagnose something. And a lot of auto repair shops, instead of just admitting the mistake and saying, hey, Chad, you know what? We're sorry we made a mistake. Let us fix it for you quickly and let us get that back in. And you know what? No charge, Chaz. We, we apologize for that. You know, the customers we do that with, they actually become some of your best customers because loyal. of that honesty. They become loyal. Yeah, yeah, but unfortunately, a lot of times when we make a mistake in auto repair, we go, oh, no, not our mistake. And no, we, you, you need to do that. So it is tough. And a lot of times, you know, you fix one thing and something else does break. I mean, yeah. cars, once they start breaking, unfortunately, once they get past a certain amount of mileage, manufacturers don't want them to continue to run. They want you to buy a new one. So they don't really want you going to auto repair shop. They want you trading it in and buying that latest, greatest car that they have on their lot so yeah I, it's unfortunate Chaz you know if you lived in Dallas you could go to Golden Rule Auto Care I promise you <laughs> that it would be one of the greatest experiences you would ever have when it comes to auto repair now there's another thing Chaz you need to realize most people don't save up for auto repair so we save sure. up for our iPads we save up for That's the latest right. iPhone and then we think cars are gonna drive and they're gonna stop and then they don't and we don't have the thousand dollars to fix them unfortunately right Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think that um, it's the honesty piece that you mentioned yes. that if, if people, well, I guess it's the, it's the two sided step. One side is being honest because the other side, most people like me don't have a clue how to fix you got it. the problem. And so yes. there's this, there's this like savaging on my ignorance. Right. Yes. And so, so not only has that happened to like you said, a good chunk of people, then now it's like, well, wait a second. Now I'm vulnerable. Right. I, yes. I realized that I was taken advantage of. And, and so now I'm gun shy, even with the person who, who might do a good job. Yes. No, and it's so not it uncommon. Just, it's tough, man. It's tough. So obviously not what we're here to talk about. Just had to throw that out. It's, it is the one, it's the one business that I don't want to get into that I've said for years, I'm going to freaking start a mechanic shop because nobody in their, in, anywhere it's honest this is crazy 
Hey, we're golden rule auto care, right? We live by the golden rule, not the man with the gold rules, but treat others as you want to be treated. And Matt, I'm telling you, you go look at our, our, our reviews online. I mean, we're 4.9. We are highly rated online. We, 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 we got to figure out how to franchise this. Mug. We, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Chaz, there's your new business model. We'll figure out how to franchise in your area. There we go. There you go. Um, okay. Well, so what I want to know really why we're here uh, is how you became so successful. So, Let's let's change gears. I want to know, Chris, at this level, you're several businesses deep. Yes. You're servicing clients in the Dallas market. You're serving clients across the country with your software. Yes. Why are you pushing so hard even at this point? Like you probably, you know, in consideration of all things have made it right. But like you're still grinded. You're still at it. You're still pushing it. I want to know why. What makes you? Yeah. Think? You know, two things. One is the wisdom, right? We How do we ever... And I read a lot of books and, and then I read a ton and you always read about these guys who have these great experiences. These women have these great experiences and great stories. Right. And we think, oh, we want to live that story. But as business owners, as soon as things get hard, we're like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to live that story. Well, that's our right. story. Right. And the only way you can really gain true wisdom is by taking these journeys. And sometimes those journeys are very uncomfortable. It's leveling up, Chaz. You know, when you play a video game, and I don't play many video games because I, I run multiple businesses and I have a family, <laughs> wife and kids, and I like to spend time with them. I was telling you this weekend, I was out at soccer games. That's right. In a video game, every level you get to, you got to learn a certain amount of skills. And that next right. level is never easier. It's always harder, right? And I see businesses the same thing. That boss is harder. And then you're like, yes, I slayed this boss. And it's like, oh, no, now I'm level 17, which requires right. more different skills, you, all the skills that you learned before. So there's that, that wisdom that we gain. And, and, I, and we use this as business owners. One of the things I like to do is, is consult with other business owners and, and right. give them advice when they listen. I love to pour into people that will listen. And one in particular, he, he got sued recently, and he was, he, was, he was worried about it. He was like, man, I'm getting sued. I'm getting sued. This 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 is really tough, Chris, what do I do? And I said, take a deep breath. And I said, we're going to find a lawyer. And this is what's going to happen. Chances are the person's just barking. They didn't send you, uh, or they did send a certified letter, but I'm like, they probably just went to a friend. They wrote one up. They just want to scare you. They want to get money out of you and they're gone. You send a letter back and just a, a kind letter from your lawyer. And then you'll get to a part where you're probably going to get sit at a table with them and you can work this out, right? You might yeah. learn a little bit from, cause you had loose you know, uh, contracts and everything else, but his wisdom, yeah. I've been sued before. So the first time you get sued, it stings. And I was told after I got sued, Hey, Chris, you're going to be in business. And I said, I am. And he goes, well, be prepared to be sued a couple more times, or at least be threatened. So the first time wow. you go through something like that, it stings, but then you get this wisdom and then you can share that wisdom with other business owners and the other, and it's funny. Uh, and I got scripture right here. I, I like this. Um, this is a scripture that I, I refer to often. It's a and it says, uh, you see a man skilled at his work, he will stand in the presence of kings, he will not stand in the presence of obscure men. I'm sure you heard that scripture, it's wonderful, right? So here we are put on this earth, and the Lord has put us on this journey, right? Are we going to be, are we going to be skilled at what we do? So if leadership, if business ownership is what he's given me, what am I going to do to be, be, you know, stand in the presence of kings? And here I am on a podcast, you know, about kings, yeah. right? So yeah. this is great. Love it. <clears throat> yeah, it ties all in together. And the word that comes to my mind um, that I hear you saying, which has resonated so deeply with me for so many years is excellence. Yes. And if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. We're going to do it with honesty. We're going to do it with integrity. We're going to do it because that's the right thing to do. Yes. And in this case here, obviously, even like you said, from the scripture, it's like, man, this is what I've been given. 
This is the talent. This is my portion. This is the thing. I want to be a good steward, right? I want to, I want to, I want to press into all that I've been made for. And so we're kind of talking the same language of like reaching for the potential, pouring into others. It's very King mindset where, you know, what, what uh, comes before that is obviously, you know, the warrior stage and and we're pressing in, we're kind of just, you know, got a dial and got a tactic and you got to, you know, fix the car and you got to do all these things that are very, very in the business. The mindset of the king, as you just described, is you said family, you said other business owners, you said your community, you know, I'm sure there's probably a church in there somewhere. It's like Absolutely. all these things and people that are counting on us to be all we've meant to be. So I just so appreciate that. That's I think great. we're in the same lane. We're, we're beating the same drum over here. Yeah, yes. love it. Yes. yes. I want to know, let's flip back into your story. How did you even get started in business? Was the auto repair shop the first business or was there one before that? Tell us your journey. Oh, my first real journey was a rock band. And so my parents have always okay. been super supportive. Yeah. Most people are like rock band. Really? Yeah. So I, you know, I've probably done it other than playing hockey. I don't think I've ever played ice hockey. I tried one time, didn't do very well, but I've done pretty much everything else. Um, I 17, 18 years old, I'm working an intern with, with my father at one of his businesses. And he was, you know, I was pretty miserable. And, uh, you know, I was like, dad, you know, I'm pretty miserable in life. And he said, oh, well, son, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And I said, well, you know, I've been playing on guitar and I really want to start a rock band. He said, well, son, you should start a rock band. And, you know, for my father, he's a very conservative man. So I'm like, really? My dad's telling me to start a rock band. And uh, that really set me off on a journey of learning um, business. And a lot of people don't understand that there's a lot of business in rock band. And there is Um, a lot of people don't apply the business side of the rock band, but I'm one of these people who have left brand, right brand. I could write a song, but then I could go look at, you know, our cost of good for the t-shirt and how much money we made and go. <laughs> so we had all these spreadsheets and my guys are like, Chris, this is crazy. Why do we have to keep track of all this stuff? And I said, well, we still got to run it as a business. So it was great. I learned a lot about guerrilla marketing and how to promote, yeah. you know, the music and the, and the product and how to rise above everybody else. Cause you have thousands of bands every other day forming. Yep. So that was one of the first journey is funny. I even created one of my first software products and it was a, it was, you know, how we do geofencing now. Well, this was geofenced email marketing and this is 15, 20 years ago. Um, So what I would do was collect the the zip codes from our audience and everybody's like, that's weird. I'd collect their email and their phone number and then the zip code. And then what we would do is whenever we played in that market, we would send a random email. It would take one of the four emails from the different band members, attach a, you know, kind of this uh, custom made email to this person, sign it by this other band member and only send it to this area because when we we're playing in Dallas, the people in Houston didn't want to come be spammed by our email. And that's what all bands right. did. And I thought, this right. is great. So I, I dialed it in, people would respond because back then they didn't know that there were emails that were, you know, generated by robots or whatever. Um, right. And I thought, I'm going to go sell this to other bands. I'm going to sell it for $15 a month because every local rock band I know could use this. And uh, I could not find one band because we, we don't have any money. If you know anything about rock guys, we, we spend all our money in equipment, but we have That's no right. money left. And we make $0 at the door of the show. We make no right. money. Yes. Right. So I couldn't sell this. So that was one of the first journeys that really set me off on entrepreneurship. I, I Do you think that your, you mentioned left brain, right brain, your ability to kind of do both and all these spreadsheets. Did that come from... You mentioned kind of slight in there that your your dad had multiple businesses, or was this taught to you beforehand? No, just the way that was, you're operating. He was a conservative man. He 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 was a good family man. My my mom did not work. She she did. She worked at the house. So she right, exactly. she took care of the kids. We had six kids. 
Um, no, he's wow. very conservative, had a job. You know, he's one of those lifers. 20, 30 years, he would stay at the job. So that's why it was so yeah. surprising when he said, go start a rock band. I'm like, it was yeah. very out of character for him. Yeah. To say that. So the, a little bit of the, uh, the structuring of, of running this band like a business was just kind of in the DNA, which I love. Um, it's how you're designed, right? Yes. Um, yes. <clears throat> okay. And so how, where along the journey did, did auto repair come in? I've struggled back and forth between working for other people and then working for myself. So I've bounced okay. into entrepreneurism. I've bounced back into So there, there's, you know, there's scripture in there that talks about, you know, work in the morning and work in the evening. And you'll never know which one's going to, you know, provide the fruit, right? Plant your seeds in the evening. Play. So I, I, I heard that a long time ago when I was young and I'm like, oh, so this means I can have a, you know, I could go to college and then I could work at night. Or I could go in college, I could also work at night and I can play in a rock band. Um, so I always had multiple <laughs> jobs. So I always had this entrepreneur right. bug growing. And then typically I'd go work in some corporate um, job. So it wasn't until uh, really probably eight, nine years ago that I really said, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to focus on being an entrepreneur and not work for other people anymore. And, and so that's where I really got to a point where eight, nine years ago, um, I've taken sour hits before uh, this one. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to take the hit and, yep. you know, just concentrate and focus on these businesses. And, and so I have, so I've been, and it's been freeing. It's been awesome. It's been tough. Um, but you know, you had talked about it before accidental success. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a victim of accidental success in my early <laughs> years. Um, now, you know, multiple businesses and I can replicate the success. I, I really believe yeah. that I've found a lot of the formula into and replicatable success. And it, it, there's a lot of things that is not one thing, right. As you know, there's yeah. a lot of things to replicate success. Well, I love, love that perspective. And I think it sets us up to parlay right into some of my next questions. Um, obviously I, from a, from a perspective of my journey being diverse and, and different things going on, I had a guy just this past weekend. I was at an event and we were talking about some experience that I had. And he was like, well, wait a second. You told me that you did this and you did that. And when did, how old are you? When have you had time to do all this? And the reality of it is like guys like Chris and I often were doing multiple things at once, which I don't know if necessarily was great, but it is the story. Yes. Um, and so let's, let's parlay into good and bad decision here because you're right. It's not just one thing, but I want you to think about a, a, a decision that you made whether it's in the retail format or maybe in the software business that you can look back on and go, okay, super glad I did that one thing. Cause it's, it's dominoed down the road here for me for success. For success. It was taking that, that risk. I've, I've always kind of dipped my toe into risk and dip my toe mm -hmm. into. Um, so when I play in the rock band, um, one of the first times that I really kind of went all in is I, I quit a high paying software engineering job. And that's wow. what I graduated from school as a software okay. engineer. Um, and I went into radio full time. Um, so I went from a very high paying job to get paid twelve fifty an hour to be able to work 29 hours a week on a morning show. Yeah. But I said, you know, if I'm going to be in a rock band, I need to learn what radio is all about and kind of get behind the curtains and really see, you know, what was happening. And, and yeah. I could get my CD into the hands of the record execs. And I met plenty. And uh, it was an interesting journey that you know, encouraged me to go all in and me and my yeah. wife made it work. We, we, you know, we, we sacrificed, you know, we didn't go out to eat. We, we, we've always been savers. We've always been frugal yeah. and, and we've always carried very little debt, which has allowed us to kind of be free and make some make of these choices. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was one of the first times I really like, and it was scary. 
I mean, you know, twelve fifty an hour, twenty nine hours a week is not a lot to live on. Um, yeah, I had to do side jobs and things like that. Like I said, I'm always staying busy. So if I had to go build a website for somebody, I would do it. But right. that was probably one of the first times I really think that I decided, hey, let me go all in. Now the interesting thing is, Chaz, I went back into corporate America again because yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I was done with the radio. It, right. it wasn't where I I wanted to be. Sure. And then um, a couple years later, I'm online, I'm miserable at my job again, and I'm looking on Craigslist, and I see an auto repair shop for sale for $75,000 on Craigslist. I call up my brothers and say, let's go buy this auto repair shop. One of them backed out. The other one said, Chris, I'm making a lot of money. He's a technician. He's yeah. working for another shop. And he goes, man, I'm making a lot of money. We're not going to be able to pay me to go into this shop. And I said, the only way it works is you go to the shop. And I prayed to the Lord. I'm like, just let us find the income to pay him. Took a pay yeah. cut. And sure enough, we, we, and that was the beginning of, of, you know, the, all the things that we have now, which has been awesome. It's been a great journey. You know, the, I love that little last piece that you added because it's not just about the sacrifice. It's the sacrifice unto the greater reward, which in this case, although small, it was the sacrifice unto it working out for him, for you guys, all of yes. that. Um, <clears throat> but even before that, you know, just the, this, this language of going all in. How many times is the listener right now contemplating in their head going, I've, I've tipped my toe in or right. I, I, yeah. I I've, I've danced back and forth yes. and gone back and forth and done that. And then done this and done that. And then done this for you. When you say go all in, like I heard you say, my wife and I committed together. We put our finances in order so that we could go all in. I, I took a specific job to help me not make money, not really learn the business. Yes. A little bit, but to specifically strategically meet the right people to get my CD in their hand. Yes. Like that was all strategy is really what yes. it was. What is like the, for the listener right now, what do you say to the guy who's, who he's, he, he, he knows he's not all in right. The, like, what does that look like for him? Obviously you don't know his business. You don't know his situation. You don't know how much money he has or doesn't have. Just give me a little bit of love here on, on going all in for that listener. Who's like, mm, it's hitting him right now. He knows he's not all the way in. What do you uh, say? I, you know what? Go all in but make sure you're careful about accidental success. There's a great book that I have up here called ego is the enemy, right? A lot of times as business owners, we become, so you have to have this big ego to, to say, I can do it better and I can be smarter and I can go. And a lot of times what we do, and you know, this Chaz, is we buy our jobs, right? But in order to be a true leader and to build an organization or to build multiple organizations, then to lead people, you have to then start really listening to the way other people have done it. And, you know, there is repeatable success. If you go read biographies about a lot of the same things that people do are repeatable. And that's why there's hundreds of thousands of business books out there, management books, leadership books, marketing books, HR books to really help you. So I would say if you're going to go all in, just make sure you understand what you're doing and don't make it accidental. Listen, go get in peer groups, go listen to podcasts like this podcast and really get into the mind of other business owners. Because the, the mistake I see a lot of people making is going all in. And then they really think they're all in, but they're in the, you know, and it's going to sound bad. They're in the, you know, kiddie pool. And they right. really not in the big pool and realize there's a big pool out there and you can really yeah. learn a lot from other people. You can be yeah. really successful, you know, other than just having the one employee or, or, or the two employee, if you really want to go on, you can learn a lot from other people. And once again, create that success that, I mean, it, you know, I've, I've over 50 employees now, which is insane. Cause people are like, you ever thought you, no, absolutely not. 
<laughs> you know, when we first started, there was four of us and now over 50 and then it continues to grow. It continues. Yeah. I continue to add more people on. So, um, but once again, I got to go back to uh, don't make it accidental. I, I did a presentation not too long ago and it was, Hey, you've hit your, your, your highest sales number. Now what? I'm like, well, make sure there was profit in there. Make sure you knew what you were doing to get that and then repeat it. Right. Because, yeah. you know, and, and here's the thing, okay. Chaz, you know, I, I did it with auto repair one shop. We've done it with two shops. We've done it with a software company. And like you, I have other companies I won't even talk about that have been successful as well. Because there's formulas in there that you've actually, you got to absolutely know and, and apply. Yeah, yeah I, you're 100% right. Um, the, the framework, I guess, on for the person who's listening, who's maybe not at that million dollar mark yet, they're the four, four pieces of a business. And I want to know your thoughts on this, but I've categorized it as marketing, sales, client fulfillment or journey or experience, and then your finance, and then repeat. Those four things repeat. And then you just got to do it faster and more often and repeatable just over and over and over. What would you say to those four things? Do you, do you agree, disagree? You want to add anything? I'll give you the stage on that. Oh, no, I agree. I, I agree with what you're saying. I broke it down to five. I think uh, you had HR in there. Was, was that? Uh, yeah. I mean, team building's in there for sure. Team building, human relations. You know, it, it, a lot of what we do when you're working on your business versus in your business is really about people development. And it really is yeah. about putting the right people in the right place. And sometimes the right people in the right place means they don't need to be in the place at all. And that's hard decisions that we make as, as, as I think business owners, and then making sure that you're setting up the guidelines for them, make sure they have goals that they're trying to reach. I have always heard it as this, you know, your, your football game, you know, where the goalposts are as leaders do our employees know where the goalposts are. Are we constantly shifting those goalposts? Do they know what the rules are in the game? Do they know when a flag is going to be thrown? Do they know out of bounds? Do they know all these things? And a lot yeah. of times we don't define these because we're like, yeah. oh, they should know. Well, no, we know, but how are we relating that to them to know? So I think that team building or team success, you know, is, is a big key piece of that. I think if you can build a team and build them in the right way, I think you can do anything. Honestly, yeah. you, you, you really can, right? By building the right teams. A hundred percent. Cause obviously the team building goes into each of those four categories. You don't, I mean, you, the, the solo guy does all of those four things, Yes, but he doesn't do those things at a seven or eight or a nine figure level by himself. No way. Yes. And so you're right. And, and it's interesting language. I'm going to have to kind of like catapult that in there because it's those four things, but it's when you build teams in those four things that actually allows for the, for the growth. And then I would say probably the next layer to team building is then key roles in the team. Yes. Love to add anything there. Yes. Key roles. I mean, I, I'm a big right brain, left brain person, visionary and go out and look at things and create things. I'm creating a super cool product right now. Who's it's, it's AI machine learning cameras in the Bay right now. We're looking at hundred percent Bay efficiency. A car pulls in. We can tell how long it's been there. We can tell you how many bays it's been. We're also looking at object recognition of bodies on cars so we can look and sell. And so it's really anal deep wow. analytics in an auto repair shop. Um, yeah. So this all leads to like, you know, if you're going to take this data, what can you do with this data and, and how can you apply it and then how can you go sell it? But if you're looking at like the right people in the right place, like where are they in building all of your structure? Where are they, um, you know, fitting or where are they, you know, where are they supposed to be? And, and that's, that's tough, right? I mean, um, K, KPIs, keep them in check, but creating like your, 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 not symptom sheets, but your, um, your sheets where they know what they are, uh, job descriptions. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. Also big on 
um, them setting goals for themselves. So not only do they know their job description, but then they go and they write down their goals at the beginning of the year to say, hey, I'm not only going to hit all the job description I have for here, but here's extra goals that I'm going to do. I also require training in my companies, a certain amount of minimum training per each person on their role to make sure that they're constantly understanding that we're also in a learning environment to develop yeah. these people and develop their own skills. Totally. Love it. All right, let's flip the coin, Chris. Tell me about a, a bad decision, one that uh, didn't feel so good when you made it. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to go back to uh, uh, you know one of the first early businesses. I was still working for a, a, a software company. I'm um, not going to mention what it was. So I had my day job. And then at night, we were going and building websites. Okay. for other companies and we were building them for big like abc radio networks frito-lay wow. this was back when everybody wanted a www but nobody knew how to build them because you didn't have wix and all these places you could go build things right. um so we were making all kinds of great money but it all kind of came to a head when we got sued threatened to get sued because i was writing contracts and what i would do is i'd download them from the internet and i'd change a couple things and i'd go hand them to the customer and uh we delivered what we thought we should deliver as a product. And uh, we got a pretty heated email that said, nope, you're going to deliver all these other things. And we said, well, it's going to cost more. And they said, nope, because your contract doesn't really call that out. Uh, and then they started getting a lawyer involved and threatening lawsuit and all this. Um, wow. Yeah, that was tough. And on top of that, we weren't paying our taxes. Oh, so we were making all this money and we were turning our quarterlies in. So we had a stack of IRS bills. And so my other partner at the time, he was the CFO and he knew as much as I did on accounting <laughs> as I did on writing business contracts. Right. It was bad. So the, the, the very bad. And it stung. We had to end up paying a whole bunch of money. We ended up getting a lawyer to help us out. And, you know, we went through the whole lawyer talking to lawyer thing and they settled outside and we ended up building a website for them. But the two things I really learned were make sure you have a good accountant and make sure you have a lawyer. And whether that's a family friend or whatever, make sure you're running contracts through your lawyers and make sure you have a good accountant that understands your business, that understands your numbers, that is going to work with you. I know a lot of people were like, no, you switch accountants every couple of years. I'd say find a good one. And if you find a good one that you have a relationship with, stick with them. Yeah. Because that's that, that's two things like, you know, it's finding a good auto repair mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> if you can find a good one that you trust. I'm never like leaving. A good doctor. <laughs> yeah, you're never going to leave them. Right. So it's the same. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Was I'm tough, waiting, tough lessons, I'm waiting for this uh, Dallas based franchise to come to Kansas City <laughs> and I'm never going to leave. Right. Um, uh, such good information. I think that we all. Every single, and I, and I'm, I'm going to say a hundred percent of entrepreneurs have made the tax problem yes. Uh, yes. Um, issue. We get really excited. There's a lot of money there. And then, then, then the bill comes and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. I, I, I didn't, didn't calculate for that. Um, and so I think <laughs> the Uncle CPA Sam will come knocking. He will, he will. I, I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, this is a little bit more for the listener. Um, somebody's doing 500,000, 800,000, somebody's doing 2 million and they're, they're trying to, you know, on their own and uh, okay, fine. If there's somebody on your team and you're doing it in house and it's like good in, in the house, fine. But you as no, stop, stop. Um, I, I, uh, when I bought my first franchise, um, <laughs> the four months from that moment until when I bought the second one, I was trying to do it on my own and, and it had been showed to me how, you know, this is exactly how you do it. You just, and when I got to the second one, it was like, okay, well, um, I'm, I don't have time anymore. So I just handed them both to the accountant and then 
Thank goodness it had only been four months because I had been doing it all wrong yes. and backwards. <laughs> and uh, what seemed like such a simple task was literally backwards, I'm pretty sure. And so thank goodness I learned that one like you did early on. It costs a little bit of money, yes. a little bit of a sting, but we don't have to relearn that one. My suggestion to the listener right now is just whether you've learned that one or not, just stop, go hire a CPA, accountant, bookkeeper, all of it packaged into one. It's a couple hundred bucks a month. Best decision you've ever made. Worth it. And you know, you find a good one that you can work with that'll know your business and, and it, it, they, they become a partner. They become another person on your team. They do. They do. That's right. What kind of process you're obviously a big, um, I love this left brain, right brain, um, dichotomy that you've given to us where it's like you're creative, but you're very process driven. And so I want to know a process for decision-making. That's what we've been talking about. Something comes across your desk right now here today. How do you, what are the steps you go through? Man, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. It's one of, it's to me, it's the Bible of leadership. And interesting, one of the things he talks about is the law of intuition. And that's, that's your gut. So, uh, uh, and and he goes on to basically say, trust your gut, right? And trust your instinct and a lot of what you do. And and I, I do, I have a tendency to trust my gut. Sometimes the number, now I have numbers galore. I have spreadsheets. I've got a lot of different KPIs, you know, what's your gross profit on parts? What's this, your payroll, your, you know, there's a lot of things I can measure. I measure how many, you know, cars get quality controlled and how many issues we find on cars, because we're not going to give Chaz his car back until somebody has gone out there and looked at it, wiped it down, make sure there's no rags sitting in the, you know, on the floor, make sure there's no grease spots. So we're tracking everything. Um, so just having this ability, like, look at all these things, it, I think helps, right. A business owner make these decisions that they need to make. So, um, it, there's not one thing in particular that I look for when it comes to KPIs, but, uh, you know, I, I big on all kinds of different numbers, right. And making sure yeah. that the, the, you know, you know what it is that you're trying to achieve by the different businesses. Another thing I know about business is we all do business, um, kind of they're different businesses different things your edible arrangements versus fixing car versus software but right. then your margins and the things that apply to the business you know the, uh, you have a certain amount of profit that you make in your industry we have a certain right. amount of profit so the margins might change a little bit you know but there's the goals and kpis that we all you know need to hit and understand yeah 100 percent. i think that probably just that factor alone right there the fact that most people don't know what their numbers are they don't know what they're trying to hit. Um, going back to the, the accountant and CPA uh, topic, the relationship, the partnership that I have with mine at this point, years in, I get one email. You know, of course, they always ask for the monthly meeting, but I get one email. As long as you send me the, the numbers, I know how to quickly go ding, 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 ding. We're either in line or we're not. And then I know the adjustments that need to be made inside the team, inside the experience, inside the finance, inside the sales and marketing based on these things here because of what you're saying. And so um, I think it, I think it's spot on. If you don't know that, if you don't have the CPA and if you don't know your KPI, your number, how are you making adjustments? How are you right. making decisions? You're right. And, and so I think a lot of us go by just intuition. So, you know, the numbers are going to help back up. And, and so we sometimes go against that. Once again, I've got, since I'm in software, the great thing about software is you can build anything. The bad thing about software is you can build anything. So, so you've true. got to be able to, to have some idea of like this product we're building, I've spent a lot of money. I've spent a lot of money building and developing. I've had to throw it away a couple of times. I've had to bring it back on, on board. And if I looked at the numbers wise, it doesn't make any sense. 
but intuition tells me, well, this is really something that's going to a level of understanding in an honor verse shop that nobody's ever got to. Yeah. So there's that gut feeling that says, Hey, there's something here. Now, when I go sell it in the market, it might be tough because the numbers aren't going to be there. And maybe I'm too early, or maybe the product that I'm building is not the product that's going to eventually be the product that is the right. market product. So, but I do like intuition, but knowing your numbers, and I agree with that, Chaz, it goes back to that, you know, or you see a man skilled in his, his, his job. Are you skilled? Just because you're not good at numbers doesn't mean you should not know your numbers because right. those can help you make decisions on and, and potentially save you sometimes from horrible decisions. Yeah. So there's got to be a balance of both, I believe. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Um, I think that, um, man, how you started it with intuition actually is how we'll end it because that in itself is a skill set, I think, yes. of not only acknowledging, recognizing that feeling, knowing when to press or when to pull back, that even in itself is a skill. And so even just that that topic of, of, of intuition, it's not just a gut or a heart or a, a feeling. It's this learned experience over the course yes. of time that you can then look back on, which is the same thing as numbers and KPIs and, and logic. It's this emotion and logic together, working together as entrepreneurs, that we can apply both to situations and be able to try to make you know, the best decisions in every situation. Yes. Agreed. All right. I'm going to go speed round on you here, Chris. All you right. Ready? All right. I'm ready. Okay. Um, first question. We're talking about tracking. We're talking about the KPIs. If you could only pick one, what would you track forever and ever? Oh my God. It is a, it is not an easy one. Um, I, it, it would have to be on the, the, the net, right. Um, net profit. Um, if you're not making money, who cares how much gross you're doing? Um, and everything to me leads to net and that's not to be a greedy thing. Net profit's not a dirty word, but if you're not making money and you're losing money, um, why are you in business? I knew a guy who was up in Canada. He was making $10 million. He was losing $900,000 a year. I knew a guy who was making $320,000. Another auto repair shop, he was making net 20. And the question was, which one would you want to be? The guy up in Canada, the guy who's making net 20 on 320. And most people are like, oh, $10 million. I'm like, guy's not making anything. Yeah. It's great, $10 million, but you're losing almost a million? Wow. I don't know. I'd rather be the guy who's making a little bit of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's that? That's the adage. It's not how much you make. It's how much you keep. There you go. I think that the margin there speaks to the truth. What yes. book? You've already given us um, one or two others earlier. I can't remember, but what book would you recommend for a six-figure business owner specifically? Scaling Up. Love that one. Think, think and Grow Rich is another good one. Those two and Ready, Fire, Aim. Those are a couple build, and a lot of them talk about, I know I throw lots of books. No, it's good. All of them uh, are like ding, uh, ding, ding. Yeah, <laughs> Ready, Fire, Aim. You know, taking a business from one to a million is different than taking a business from a million to 10 million and then 10 million to 50 million. And a lot of these really tell you, you know, and, and help you understand what it takes for the different levels of business. Yeah. Yeah. I was just um, on another podcast earlier this morning and um, we were talking about the book, Think and Grow Rich. Yes. I read Think and Grow Rich every September. I just came Good. out of that kind of deep study and um, man, I, I, I think I'm just going to start a podcast just about that book because it's like, it's, uh, it's the cornerstone, the foundation for all other, uh, you know, success principles that exist, um, which is, which is, you know, I think most people know that, but you, you get reminded as like, oh man, this is old. This is old stuff, but it's this still is true. Good. It's rich. You know, like yes, it's yes. That, that, that's what I mean by old, you know? Yes. Like, yes. A lot of wisdom. I smell the book. It's old, you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Right. Yes. It's a great okay. book. Great one. What do you think about intentionally networking 
and or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? I think it's it's required if you're gonna if you're gonna create repeatable success that you need to be in a mastermind group. I'm actually in three, Chaz. See, there you go. You got to work in your business. That's working in your business, not on your business when you're in a mastermind group. Yeah. How so? And and how how do you switch that to working on? So the reason why I really like these different business groups is because they give you a different perspective. It's not necessarily somebody telling you what to do. It's, it's somebody telling you how they did it. And a lot of times we only see our own backyard and, and we don't realize how right. nice or how crappy our backyard looks until we go and look at our neighbor's backyard and we go, oh, wow, I'm going to get a grill here. I'm going to do this. It's just a different perspective. We only see our perspective. So if you're in a room with 12 other people, you're in a room of 20 other people, you're in a room of six other people. They're going to give you a different perspective when you have that problem or that issue, or that thought, and they're going to tell you what you want to hear. It's feedback as a gift, right? You can either take it and throw it away, or you can keep it and, and use it. A lot of people, you know, immediately throw it away, or they say, I don't want it. I see it like a gift on Christmas morning. Take it, open it up, say thanks for it. And then what you do with it after that person leaves is up to you. You can re-gift right. it, throw it away. But so in these groups, you get feedback you get a different perspective and that allows you to gain wisdom that you wouldn't have to gain by going through and making these mistakes that other people have made. Yeah. I, I, I love your perspective on perspective because some of the language that I use um, with our gathering the Kings masterminds, it's like, even if I'm not the one talking about the issue, right? John has an issue. Chris here today is giving John feedback. I get to the value of being in the room Yes, and still listening. hearing the yes. problem and the other side of the potential solution. And I get to walk away, not have even shared anything and going, wow, I think I'll take that one with me today. Or you know what? I don't know how I can use that. No big deal. I get to re-gift it. But yep. man, you want to talk about valuable, just being in the room where there's ideas and, and this community of everything you just described, even if you're not necessarily the one receiving the feedback, which I just think that that's just like another, another layer of value. When you can get that from people and not have to be the one quote unquote receiving. You're right. Know. That different perspective. I had a boss that interestingly enough, and he would ask me this, we'd drive down a, a street and he would go, Hey, what would you put here in that strip mall? What would you put here in that strip mall? What? So when I go to these meetings too, you're right. I'm not necessarily the person giving the feedback or receiving the feedback, but I'm sitting there thinking, man, if I was in their shoes, what would I do? And what would yeah. I, you know, and as business owners, right. That different perspective of who knows, maybe, maybe one day I'll want to go up at a, edible arrangements. And, and I got a guy who understands who's gone through the good and the bad. He's done these things, right? So yeah, I'm in yep. groups with other auto repair shop owners, restaurant owners, you name it. And, and a lot of them just, it's a great perspective. You're right. Just getting that insight of somebody else's business is sometimes just wonderful. Yep. I love it. One last question here for you, Chris. You I want to know if you could whisper in the younger Chris's ear, what would you tell him? Keep going. I love it. <laughs> What's the story behind keep going? Share just you know, it's, it's one of those things that we just, as entrepreneurs and business owners, we just need to hear that it's okay, right? We, we, that encouragement that we don't sometimes give ourselves, we just need to give ourselves, it's okay. And, and you know, sometimes we don't want to get up in the mornings. Sometimes uh, it, we're, we're the bug, the windshield. Sometimes we're both um, <laughs> because it's a roller coaster. It is, but it's a wonderful roller coaster, Chaz. You know, there's freedom in there. You mentioned at the beginning, the ability to influence people, the ability to, to lead, you know, teams and take care of families, the ability to, to, you know, change our small little portion of the world. We don't realize like what our ripple effect 
can happen. Yeah. So it really is a gift, right? Of leadership and business owner. I, and I, a preacher said this a long time ago, everybody has a special power that God gives them a superpower. And I'm like, ah, you know, naps, I don't think is a good superpower. Even though I'm really good at that, but he was like leadership. Yeah. Is one of those gifts that you're given. And sometimes we forget that and we think that it's such a burden, but that keep going is like, man, it's okay, right? You're, you're influencing people in the right way. And, and we're providing a lot to those people around us, as well as those people who interact with us, your vendors and the people that you get a chance to work with, right? We have a lot of influence in a lot of circles and we, we yeah. just hey, keep going, keep doing the good things that we're doing. It's the, uh, it's the weight of the crown, as we say. And some people, some people, some people run from that, right? It's responsibility. It's heavy. Yes. But for the right ones, we press in. And like you said, just keep going. It's okay. You're designed to do this. You're meant to do this. The, the, the people that you'll never even know that you influenced um, is, is just another level. So thank you for that. How can the listener connect with you, whether they're in the Dallas market and they're looking for a trust worthy auto repair shop, or maybe they're an auto repair owner across the country. They need your software. Maybe they're just a, a good business owner looking to reach out to another. And how can yeah, it? Absolutely. Uh, goldenrollautocare.com is the auto repair shops, autotext.me, A-U-T-O-T-E-X-T.me. And you can find me on LinkedIn, Chris Cloutier, and you'll find Golden Rule Auto Care, or you'll find Autotext me. So hit me up LinkedIn or hit me up via either one of the websites. And I love talking business. And and Chaz, I really appreciate this. You know, as one of the things that I think we get to do as business owners is sharing our experiences. And a lot of times people don't feel, business owners don't feel that they have anything to share. Right. And that's kind of the mistake of a lot of people not wanting to get into peer groups because they're like, well, what do I have to add to the discussions? So true. You have everything. If you're taking this journey, I have such a mad respect for anybody who's willing to take that leap. We talked about, and, and go all in into the pool and not just dip their toe. It takes a lot. So I reach out, love it, love, you know, love talking to people and love, you know, bouncing ideas off of other entrepreneurs. So I appreciate the opportunity, Chaz. This has been great. Of course. Thank you for serving not only here today, but opening yourself up for people to reach out. Um, It's incredible uh, getting to know you personally, selfishly. Uh, I, I, I took away several things here today. So thank you for that. And, uh, and I personally look forward to uh, where the relationship is going to take us. Um, blessings on your family, your business, everything that you've got your hand to. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90 Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.